Hello everyone and welcome to episode 17 of the In Context podcast with me, Gregor Thompson. Before we begin, I'd like to ask if you could please follow or subscribe wherever you're listening and leave a good review. That's the number one way to support the podcast. This is the first of two episodes surrounding local business and entrepreneurship. For the first part, I spoke with my best friend, Julia Hart, who co-owns Maisie's Boutique, a local and independent gift shop located in South Queensferry in Edinburgh. I shop there all the time, anytime I need gifts or cards for those I love. They always have unique stock that always puts a smile on the receiver's face. They also have a website which is linked in the show notes, or you can visit South Queensferry itself and pop in. I'm sure they'd love to have you. For now, though, here is Julia Hart. So why don't you tell me a bit about yourself and the business that you own? So I am Julia. I own a shop called Maisie's Boutique that is on South Queensferry High Street, and I own it with my best friend, Callie. We, the shop has been there for 15 years. We have owned it for nearly five, and we worked there for 10 years kind of before we bought it. So it was my weekend job when I was in school, went part-time, full-time, kind of ran it, managed it for the women before us. Um, and then we bought it from our previous boss. And it is, we sell everything from kind of like designer stuff to handmade local stuff. We sell jewellery, cards, candles, art prints, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it's in South Queensferry. And you just won the Scottish Business Awards for the third time. <laughs> We did just when. How was that? It was, you know, it was really nice. Those um, awards are kind of those, there's a degree of those awards that obviously they don't go around every single independent shop in Edinburgh and go in and meet them and decide who's the winner. That's not how it works. But it's nice to have a bit of recognition and um, it's nice. It's like they open it up to votes as well. So we know that a lot of South Queensferry people rally around us, which is nice. Um, so, you yeah, know, it's good. It's nice. It's nice to be recognised and it's nice. Um, it, it's nice to have something to say that, you know, that to show for your work, which is nice. So, yeah, it was good and it was a good night and it was nice to be in the kind of business environment and meeting other businesses and stuff again, because obviously it's been a, a while since that happened. Mm. How did the pandemic affect business? Um, how did the pandemic? Well, I mean, <laughs> so um, we were obviously shut through both lockdowns we the first lockdown we didn't have a website we had no way to sell anything apart from like we had Facebook so we were literally like if anybody needs anything it was all through Facebook it was all and it was really hard because obviously we didn't want to you weren't allowed to encourage people out of the house so you're trying to we were trying to run a business without having an online shop that couldn't encourage people out the house um, so we, we spent the entire first lockdown, we moved shop, but we spent the entire first lockdown making a website in order to be able to launch that. And then um, the second lockdown happened and we weren't allowed to do the click and clicks, which was put loads of money into doing and setting up because we kind of knew that was going to happen. Um, but obviously it was it was bad because we were shut. So we, we spent, you know, altogether, what, six months not being open at all. Um, so we had to completely change the way we ran the shop, the way we thought about the shop, the way we were trying to get, you know, we had to stop trying to encourage people in and try, but try to keep people remembering about us. Um, so yeah, it was tough. It was a tough old year and it still is tough. You know, it's still, um, 
you know, the effects of COVID are still there. Um, the effects of, you know, people are still kind of scared to go out. Although people, I know they are allowed out now, that, but people, you know, they've got the habit of shopping online for a year. And we've spent our entire existence trying to encourage people, don't go online, go into the shops, you know, go into your local independent shops. And then we had half a year of being like, you're not allowed to go into those shops. You only have to shop online. So it completely changed, you know, people got, we had encouraged people out of the habit of shopping online to then people to get more into the habit of shopping online that we now have to try and get them back out and back into the shop again. Do you think people maybe working from home will help that in that so they're not traveling into the city centers and, and like say if like local independent cafes will be getting better business because people are going in the centers and going to Starbucks and Costa. Do you think it's the same with um, your business? Absolutely, yes. Um, but there's a lot of businesses that has had the opposite effect to that. So us, yes. it's, you know, South Queen's Ferry, we are, and it's not lost on me how lucky we are. You know, Queen's Ferry, there's kind of two things. The houses in Queen's Ferry are very expensive. People have just spent a whole year not spending any money. So people that couldn't afford to move to South Queen's Ferry now can. So, you know, the houses are, and they've put up a whole bunch of new houses and that, you know, they're filled up. So it's bringing people out from the city. Um, and, you know, during lockdown, I don't know how much, you know, anyone, you or whatever, but Queensferry was a hot spot for your daily walk. You know, everybody came to Queensferry to walk their dogs or to, you know, grab a coffee or whatever. So lots of people found Queensferry that didn't know where it was they didn't know that there was things to do they didn't know there was shops didn't know there was cafes um and people working from home you know they whereas before so they their monday to friday we weren't you know they couldn't they didn't have time to come down to the high street monday to friday and then their weekends would be spent with their family or whatever not necessarily in south queen's city whereas all of a sudden they had an hour's lunch break on a wednesday and they were coming down to the high street and they were coming in you know we were meeting people that had lived in queen's city for five years and they'd never been in or they um you know they've never had a chance to come in or they always had their kids or whatever and they now had time to go into the local independent shops but that is uniquely to places like South Queensferry. There is so many independent shops and small businesses that relied heavily on office workers that, you know, they pay the rates and the rent of city centre locations that are now not getting the footfall. You know, people um, moving, you know, university students that, you know, there's little kind of places in Edinburgh that were all students that suddenly didn't have anyone living there because all the students were going home. Um, so it definitely benefited us to an extent. Um, and it's not lost on me that that's uniquely to us. You know, there's, um, we, there's, a lot, there's a lot of people that now know South Queen's Ferry exists that wouldn't have done if it wasn't for the pandemic. And that's something I'm thankful of. Yeah, well, I suppose that, that kind of leads nicely into the next question I have. So in preparation for this podcast, I just, I, I couldn't think of what to do because a lot, a lot of the guests, they've got a book. So I just read the book. That's quite easy. I have not read but, a book. Well, <laughs> well, yes, that would make things easier. Um, so the, the, what I did is I just listened to a few podcasts and looked into local businesses, challenges local businesses make, or um, challenges they face, um, and how startups and stuff like that operate. And so one of the podcasts I was listening to was with Andy Ratcliffe, who's the CEO <laughs> of Wealthfront, which is a... I'm assuming it's an investing company. And he said, um, a good startup or a good business is one where everything can screw up and still succeed. 
So that's almost like the pandemic where everything's screwed up, but you are still successful. Is that fair? I mean, it is, yes. But there is like, there's a complete degree of privilege that comes with that statement. You know, if you, you, you firstly, you, you need to have the money to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You need to, you know, you need to have, you can't just be like, I'll go into business and if it doesn't work, well, you know, we can prepare for it not working and then we'll just take it from there. Like, if you have got people dependent on your income, if you have put all your savings into something, if, you know, for us, if we, if we spent all of the money we had buying in stock that we really believed in and it didn't sell, that's game over for us. That is not like, oh, mm. that was a mistake. We'll, we'll, we'll move. Mm. Yeah, we, that would be it. We would be shut. Um, <laughs> sorry, I've got a cough. It's not COVID. Um, but um, so, I mean, yes, I think there's, there is situations that, you know, you have to, for the pandemic, like I'm not saying it was easy for us because it absolutely wasn't. We, there's a few things that came into play. We moved shop. If we were still in the, the, the uh, building that we were in before, we wouldn't have made it through the pandemic. We couldn't have afforded the vent that was there. Um, our new landlords were completely understanding. They also were business owners. They're small business owners themselves. They um, own Picnic Cafe. So they have moved up um, to the viewpoint of the bridge, but they've taken the business away from the high street and we've moved into their building. Um, they were so understanding with us. They, um, but they didn't need to be, you know, they, anybody else, you know, and with the grants and stuff, obviously everyone was like, oh yeah, you know, they're handing out business grants and they're doing all this stuff. They took months to come in. You know, if we had people, if we had kids and mortgages and if, if we had people depending on our income, it would have been a completely different story. So we were lucky, but not everyone was, you know, so it's hard. It's, you have to, <coughs> excuse me, there's a degree in which that, you know, you have to, not everything's going to go right, but, you know, you can't, everything can't just go wrong and then you move on and you continue, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but I almost like maybe think you don't give yourself enough credit because there's a lot of things that have happened with the store that you guys have persevered through and came out stronger on the other side. So that, that, like moving, moving buildings, one thing, like that was quite a big challenge to overcome. Mm -hmm. um, you've had a flood, you've had a fire, all these different things mm -hmm. that have happened with the shop and the pandemic. Yeah, and you've came so so it, it it to me indicates that the the business is still successful even when things do go wrong. Yes, I mean, I mean that is true, and we are part of um, you know we've worked really hard and we have made a lot mm -hmm. of big decisions that have worked out really well, and we're part of we're part of a community that cares, which is really important. Um, and we also we have um, we've been so yeah we've we've been through a lot and I think there's a lot of people that I think when it's your own business and we put everything into it every penny we had we begged stolen borrowed and put everything mm -hmm. into the shop so we couldn't let it go down you know when the fire happened I remember so we our shop went on fire and um, we lost the majority of our stock. Um, to smoke damage and stuff and I remember being like this can't be the way that it goes mm -hmm. like you know if we've if we've tried everything and we've given it our all and it doesn't work and we're just not getting the customers that's different it can't go due to something else so um yeah there's a lot I think when it's your business and when you own it um there's a lot you you 
you go through it and you just you just deal with it because you just have to um and it's the same with the pandemic I think anybody that's made it through and whether it's you know like a bricks and mortar business or whether it's you know a trade business or a um online business anyone that was able to adapt and make it through the other end like that's that's a massive thing to have done because it would have been very easy to be like nope I'm out I'm getting you know a job for someone else how 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 important is it that you are self-employed what's the best thing about that Uh, what's the best bit um there what is the best bit about being (laughs) self-employed um I remember reading somewhere that somebody had said that um the best thing about working for yourself is the power to say no and I think Mm. that is probably it um there's a big I remember so before we owned the shop and we were you know younger and had dreams of owning a shop one day and we always said you know if when we own a shop, we would do this, 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 and this, and we would we wouldn't work weekends, and we would if it was quiet on a Tuesday, we would shut, and we, we said we'd do all this stuff. But the reality of that is the complete opposite. You don't when it's your shop, it's everything. It's a part of you and it's an extension of you, um. But you don't. It doesn't feel like work, and it doesn't. And I know a lot of people who love their job say that as well, but it doesn't feel like work when you you're not doing it for anyone else. Um, so yeah the power to say no is really good you know we have we can if we don't like stock we don't sell it if we you know if a customer comes in not like we get lots of rude customers but if customers come in that are rude we ha- we can throw them out or not throw you know it's a small <laughs> gift they're not like, we're not chucking people out but you know we have the ability to do that without going actually it's not ours and we so yeah the ability to say no is probably the best thing about being self-employed um not working for somebody else um it's just that you can't put money on that you can't you know you can't you, you just you, you can't go I don't matter for me there's not a salary in the world that beats you know making your own decisions and doing everything for yourself because even when it doesn't go right um it's not going right for your own reasons so you can take that and it's not you know you've said something and your boss has said something else and it's that the conflict's always there whereas it's it's always us um so yeah so yeah the ability to say no is like probably a good one yeah I mean I think when with, with anything that's a creative pursuit or anything where you're making decisions about your own project having someone having to ask someone about that is restricting that your freedom your kind of artistic freedom for that which is why like i i want i want to do this podcast but i don't want anyone to be i don't want to work for anyone telling me which which people i need to speak to what what i need to say and that's the sort of like it'd be great if i was paid for this but i'm not willing to go to another job where they're going to tell me what to say and what to do absolutely yeah and i think that anyone that I think you care more when it's yours. So I think the best, you know, we, like we always loved the shop, don't get, even when we worked, when, before we owned it, we loved it, but it, it wasn't the same, you know, like now, um, I mean, all the good things are great because they're extension of us, but you take all the bad stuff to heart as well. You know, like um, if anyone complains about anything, like it took us, I remember the first year we had the shop and we don't get loads of complaints, but people would say, you know, or it may be, it doesn't look as nice as it always does or your stock's not as nice or and like that's like a stab in the heart because you know you pair you don't got anyone to blame you personally done that um where but 
I mean, all the good stuff's us as well. You know, when people come in and they, they pick, you know, they see something they really love or find like an artist that they've never seen or they've seen on Instagram mm. and they've not seen it in real life. Um, like that, like that's all on us as well. So yeah, it's nice not having anybody else to, to tell us what we're doing. We just go, go your gut and go for it. Is it important to have dedicated customers? Mm. I think so there's that idea. Sorry, it's just, it just that there's one idea that I thought of. Um, I've not read the book. I think it's a book anyway. It's a book called Thousand True Fans. And it basically says that you just need 1,000 dedicated people, whether if you're an author, it's 1,000 people to buy each book you write. If you're a musician, 1,000 people to buy the album. If you own a shop, a thousand people to like dedicate people that will that will consistently come in and buy a product, and you're going to be fine. Um, do you find that like you need that de- that dedicated customer base? Absolutely, you do. I mean, we've had like we've had obviously we've had we got a thousand people or whatever through the doors a month, but sure. <laughs> our regulars like that is your bread and butter. That is the people that that will be the first people through the shop after the pandemic Mm. and we were allowed to reopen. It was the first people back to the shop after the fire. It is the people that were buying gift vouchers in March because they knew we were heading into lockdown and they've not redeemed those gift vouchers and they're not going to redeem those gift Mm. vouchers. They just wanted to help. So your regulars are, for us, our regular customers are the people, I suppose, in any aspect, like your biggest fans or your biggest supporters or whatever. those are the people that you're accommodating to anyone else is a bonus so if you can get you know as as you said if you can get if you can if we can sell enough that the locals of South Queensland are regular we call them the Maisie's mums um because it just the well not all of them but we kind of call them the Maisie's mums because they've had kids that we've known their entire life and they've they come in all the time and we know them really well we know their families and stuff really well now but if if you can keep them coming back, if you can keep them interested in what you're stocking. And it's because it's hard as well, because we're a small shop, so it'd be really easy just to sell all the stuff that sells really well. But then at that mm-hmm. point, all your regulars have got it all. So you can't do that. You have to keep it new and you have to keep it interesting. And when it, whatever we buy, we buy with them in mind. You know, like we'll go to trade shows or we'll see stuff with agents and we'll be, we'll say, oh, so-and-so, you know, that's really up her street or... Um, you know blah 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 loves this brand and that's their kind of colors so that's who we're buying for because that's the people that are buying it um so they're the most that's the people you want to keep the happiest and then you know there's an element so Queensford is quite not it's not as touristy as people think but there there's a lot of visitors that come because of the fourth bridges and they come to see the bridges so you know the Scottish we buy kind of Scottish stuff it, we make sure that it's nice Scottish stuff, but there's some stuff that we buy because we know those kind of customers are going to come in, but that's a very small percentage of the shop. The majority is for the people that are going to keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back. And that's, that's what keeps our shop open. Right. Um, and how, how important is word of mouth in your business? Do you find people come in and say, oh, so-and-so recommended I come in here? Or do you find it's more social media? So I came across you on social media or something like that, or is that a mix? Um, <clears throat> I, think it's, I think it's definitely a mix. Um, I mean, social media, that is, um, I mean, that for any business, it's free advertising. You know, it's something you don't have to pay for that you can get your products out there. Um, I mean, it has its downsides as well, but I mean, for us word of mouth is really important because a lot of people you know will say oh I'm heading out to and there's quite a lot of um 
there's quite a lot of restaurants in Queen's Ferry that people visit and they've made a bit of a name for themselves. So people will say, oh, I'm going to, you know, whatever restaurant this weekend. And then we'll get a lot of people being like, oh, there's a wee shop called Maisie's there. You should pop in mm. and stuff. That's really important to us. But I mean, we, we've reached the more, more, our reach in social media goes beyond that. That makes people come to Queen's Ferry for us. You know, so mm-hmm. um, it's, I mean, it's definitely a mix. We probably prefer word of mouth. I think you're far more likely to believe a friend to say, oh, I've seen this place that I think you're really going to enjoy. Then you scroll through something, you like it on Instagram and then you forget about it. Whereas if somebody recommends somewhere to you in person, it's going to stick in your heads more. You know, they're mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, I remember Gregor saying he went to somewhere in South Queensbury and it sold really nice cards and then you'll remember. Whereas if you've just mm-hmm. liked it and scrolled past it, it's not going to stick in your head so much. So it's definitely a mix, but word of mouth it probably gets people through the door more than social media does. Do you do you have any any sort of like a failure or something that seemed like a failure that has impacted the business positively in hindsight? Um, I don't know if it's a failure. When our lease was up in the old shop, so we we had decided not to renew the old shop lease. So we were we were done. We were bowing out gracefully. You know, we tried. We were in there for three years, and um, the business was successful, but the overheads were too big, and we weren't taking wages. Um, so we 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 were out. We were done. We were you know looking at other jobs and going back to working for the man and stuff um, <laughs> but and then we got offered the new building and it is the best thing that could have happened to us the the not only and obviously it's brought the overheads down and that's what it needed to because it's a smaller shop and we needed it to be smaller but it completely changed our perspective on it you know it felt like mm. a second chance and it felt like a complete clean slate that I think we needed and it feels more like our shop now and it feels um so I mean there's been lots of failures right there's there's been little failures in stock that's not sold and and stuff like that but I think that's our biggest one I think we did three years and that felt like a failure you know like we went home in tears and we were like we're we've done we're out we've tried we can't do it and then there was like almost a bit of fate involved and we just happened to mention it to the people that own our building now and they said, well, you know, we don't want the business anymore. We have the building. You've got the business you really want, but don't have a building. Um, but at the time, it didn't feel good at the time. It, mm. it, you know, it felt like, but I think the, I think from nearly losing it, it reminded us how much we wanted it. And I think we needed that to keep us going. And it, that's what got us through the last year is that, you know, like we nearly had to say goodbye to it before and um, it was awful. So we know we want this and we know we just have to keep on keep on going. Yeah. I think one thing I've noticed with, with your business specifically is that you tend to pivot rather than start from scratch. Yeah. So that you're not... So when, like, for example, when you like took over the business, you didn't just um, get rid of everything and just start f- completely from scratch. You kept certain things the same and changed the things you wanted to change. Yeah. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I, and it needed to, and the the previous owner, like she, she'd done, she created a great thing. And um, <clears throat> we, um, you know, we, we were part of that, but the, 
when we took over Maisie's, it was already so it was it was known, and um, like we, I think it's fair to say that we've taken it to a place, and we're now really well known, and we've we've made it into something a bit different. But I, when when it got offered, we had the choice. It was either completely wipe the slate of everything. We changed the name, we changed the stock, we, but it was already, a, it was a good business. And we were already known as the Maisie's Girls. And so we knew that like the foundations of it is there. And even now as we grow, we'll, you know, I'll never get to the point that we stop everything that we're selling and we completely change. You know, as you say, it'll be, you know, we've followed trends to a certain extent, but we've, the foundations of a great business we have. And, you know, I can say that with confidence. So I think if you've got that good thing and whether that is, you know, that, that could just be a really great idea or it could be a really good, great, you know, website that you have to expand on, whatever that is, we have got the foundations of a really good business that we just have to, we have to fit it in with the life that's going on around it. And that's, you know, the last year, especially, you know, we had to go, right, we've not got an online presence, we need an online presence. We, you know, we need to start selling online, but we don't want to predominantly start selling online. So we need to, in order to boost the website, we need to boost social media following. So, you know, there's a lot of decisions, but you just have to keep, you move all the time. But, you know, you're, what you are, your foundation has to stay the same because that's what keeps your regulars in. Mm. What impact has the website had since starting it? Um, so, truthfully, it... Um, it got us through the second lockdown um, and then it kind of died a death, which we we knew was going to happen. But the website, I think, do you know what's funny? Because whenever whenever you've got a business, you'll have everybody or whatever it is. I'm sure you're the same with the podcast. You'll have everyone. I may be guilty of this now that I'm saying it out loud. But everyone um, will tell you how how you should do it. You should do this. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. And um so every for the last you know four years when we bought the shop so in 2016 when we bought the business everyone said right you have to you need to get a website that's where life's going you need to go online but that that's a really hard thing there's only two of us and that's an entire other person's job to keep that updated and to keep that you know to keep the stock on it and to write the descriptions and to take the photos I don't think people quite realize how much of a job that is. So we like luckily we use a company called Smash Digital who did our website and they um they were great and they set it all up really easily and and it was great when we didn't have the shop to run you know we could pull we could sit and pull all the stock out and take the really nice photos and update the website and you know and then get all these great descriptions and then and then the shop opened again and we don't have time for that. So we're actually about to relaunch it. We're, um, it's had a bit of a makeover and we are going to put, obviously Christmas is coming. So we're going to put a whole bunch of new stuff on it and we're going to try and keep it going. Um, it's definitely something that I want to keep and it's something I want to um, expand, but um, yeah, maybe there needs to be more hours in the day to be able to do that. And so it's there and you can use it and there's things on it. Um, and it will eventually have everything we sell will go on it, but it's going to take a bit of time. And um, and also it's really hard because we spend all day every day preaching to everyone to go back into shops. You know, it's really hard getting what we do in Maisie's online, you know, that personal shopping experience, you know, the the 
um, the one-on-one -on -one shopping that we gift wrap everything. You know, we we find out who you're buying for and we we help you pick colors and whatever. You can't do that online. Um, so it's really hard trying to get that into a website that's not just another website selling candles that you've seen on another website or, or whatever. So, um, so it's good and it's something that we're going to work on, but I think it's going to take a bit of time. And I'm a bit of a perfectionist as well. So um, I don't think I'll be properly shouting about the fact we're online until it reflects what we've done with the shop. Yeah. Going back to what you were saying there about um, people giving giving advice I think is I think one of the most important things is when people are giving advice is to take every piece of advice with a pinch of salt and realize that everyone's story is completely different so if someone wants to be like the next Bill Gates or the next Steve Jobs or some big CEO people always tend to say well Steve Jobs I think it was Steve Jobs they dropped out of high, um, university or college or something like that so it's like drop out of college and you'll be successful it's like no but then yeah. it also works the other way where people say you have to go to college or you have to go to university to be successful it's like, don't take everyone's advice as gospel. People's stories probably, are different. Yeah. I mean, I would probably say don't take people's advice. If I've learned anything, <laughs> okay. it's possibly that. Um, I, do you know what? I, th I think I definitely agree with that. So for us, until you have ran a small independent mm. gift boutique in South Queensbury on the high street, you don't get to tell me what you think you should do with my business. And that is, and I don't mean that to sound horrible or nasty or unfair, but like, and like, don't, I'm not talking to people that, you know, that are genuinely being like, oh, I've seen this brand and I think you should sell it or whatever, or you should try this. Like, obviously that, that advice, take the pinch of salt, but, but, you know, the minute we, we, we took over the shop, all these business gurus came from, out of the woodwork and started saying, oh, you need to be, you need to be doing that, girls, if you want to succeed, you should be doing this, or you should be doing that, or you shouldn't be doing that. And do you know, if I, if you ask them for advice, take it with a pinch of salt. If they come in and start shouting advice at you that you never asked for, I'd say, you know, like, trust your gut. You, you, like, we went into business with enough confidence that it would work without having to listen to everyone giving you advice all the time. And, you know, yeah. people, I think people think they know what it's like to work for themselves or know what it's like to run a business. But unless you've done it, you don't. You know, mm -hmm. unless it's the same with you. Like, you know, I'm sure I would like, I talk about this all the time. I'm going to start a podcast. But like, I then, you know, like, you have loads of people say to you, oh, you know, I, I could, if I had a podcast, I would be doing this. And then, but they don't have a podcast and they're not doing that. So why are they saying that to you? Uh, you know, I'm, incriminating myself here but um yeah it's the same with the shop like we'll get lots of people and even you know like we'll have agents that come in and tell us to do this and we need to be doing that and the website's a big one you need to be online girls you need to be mm -hmm. online and then I just think you know what it'd be great if that's how easy it was but you know we need the staff to be able to go online we need the time to be able to put things online we need the space to have the stock to go online and the, but people don't know about that they just see this yeah. they see the end product and they don't know how to get there but they'll tell you that's what you need to do so it's hard advice from strangers well i think yeah with, with specifically with the podcast i think a lot of people who would give me advice or say like make a recommendation will be thinking about views or growing it which yeah. is like i like I, i'd love the podcast to grow but one, I don't, I don't have that much time 
to be doing much more. I don't have the money to be improving it that much. I'd love to improve. I'd love to have like every all the professional equipment and um, to have it properly filmed, to film things in person, to have someone filming it for me, to yeah, have someone doing yeah. the. I'd love to do all that, but I think people almost assume what your mindset is or what your target is, yeah, and then give you advice according to what they think you want. Whereas yeah, if I'm actually purely thinking about what I want. It's just this. It's having the conversations that I'm really enjoying at the moment. Yeah. Um, there'll be a there'll be a point where I have more time. I can do this, or when it starts to grow, and I and it maybe becomes um, something that I could make some form of money out of. That's yeah. when maybe my mindset would change. But right now, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And your goals change with time. You know, we, um, you know, like we, uh, and you know, in five years time or ten years time, whatever. Like you know, those those things are important at the moment. We're just trying to keep our head above water. Like we. Mm and like I think people see the shop and they see the how how long we've been opened and you know and they'll see like well they'll be busy you know especially now if, we, if people come in and there's like three or four people in the shop they're like oh gosh you're really busy and you're like and that like which is you know we've got four people on that like that is kind of busy for a small shop or whatever but like we need that consistently yeah so at the moment like we're just trying to we need to level out you know we had covid and we had the pandemic and lockdowns and whatever like we just need to at the moment we're just trying to keep our head above water so that we can then you know we've got goals in the future that we're heading towards but to get there we need to like they are like having a great online presence doesn't happen overnight you know have like having full-time members of staff doesn't happen overnight you know that it takes time and people don't realize it takes time but it does I think with anything, with if anyone's trying to trying to achieve something big, I can't I can't remember who said it. I'm sure it was an actor, and he said the main people that make it obviously you have to be fairly talented, but the main people that make it is just people who keep going, yes, and absolutely. don't give up. So, like, I just actually I just watched um, an interview today with Kevin Hart, and he's basically saying he was struggling for 13 years before he made a big paycheck. Yeah. 13 years is a long time. Yeah. So I think like the majority of people aren't willing to put that time in. Absolutely. You'll give up within the year. Can't. You know, a lot yeah. of people have got mouths to feed and mortgages to pay and, you know, parents mm. to look after or themselves to look after. Um, and that's what I mean. That I think that, you know, the way we got the shop was quite, um, it was unexpected and a bit unusual. But, you know, like anyone going into business, like there's a privilege in which you're able to do that. There's, you know, if you if you had people looking after you that meant that you had to work 80 hour 90 hour 100 hour weeks you wouldn't have time to do a podcast if I yeah. had mouse to feeds and mortgages to pay and people depending on my paycheck I wouldn't be able to work for myself because it's too unreliable you know there's months that I don't I haven't taken anything and you know especially when we first when you first take a business uh, take over a business everyone goes you know for your first year you don't take any money you have to be in a position that you can go a year without a paycheck you have to be in that position that you can go a year you know I got another job that's how we worked it you know second jobs and, and whatever and nighttime jobs and stuff but if you can't do that you know you have to it takes time and it takes work and it takes sacrificing a lot of stuff to get there if you had if someone gave you one million pounds right now what would you do with the business um well that's a good question um like a million pounds a lot of money um what would we do we would i mean we would we would do the website right that that is we would make a big math a big fancy website I, in fact i would buy like 
what would I do? I don't know, I'm getting too excited. I've just won the lottery. <laughs> um, we would, so a couple of things. We would buy like a, um, like a garage or storage space so that we could do the website properly. So anything mm-hmm. that we have in the shop, we would buy the same amount of it. It would be in a garage space. We would pay somebody else to deal with that, the shipping and all that stuff and launch the website. Um, I'd also like a second location. So I would probably... I would probably buy somewhere for a second location. Um, where would be the dream location? Where would be the dream? I mean, I mean, it's hard. Like, I mean, the dream, you know, Stockbridge is really funky, Brunsfield, Leith, you know, all these places. But a lot of these places have really cool independent shops in them. So I don't know if it's, um, I don't, yeah, I don't know how it would work. Like, I would never, like, I would, this isn't like instead of Queensferry, like the Queensferry shops, you know, that's amazing. And we would probably branch into um, a bit more like party decoration wise. Um, so we'd probably, you know, like buy a van and go and do like balloon arches and stuff. Um, but I don't know, what would I do with a million pounds? I don't know. Maybe the next, the next question is a bit easier. So what do you want to achieve in the next five years? The next five years, we would like, so Callie still works part-time somewhere else um, to get, do you know what I would do with a million pounds? Sorry, this has just come to me. So, um, Queensferry High Street is getting dug up and has been threatening to mm. get dug up for about three years. And it's been the biggest bane of our life because we don't know how it's going to affect business. And Edinburgh Council is notoriously bad at doing stuff. And so if I had a million pounds, I would just do that road. I would recobble. I would pay some independent like workies to just get it done and that would make my life a lot easier because I can't deal with the stress of how bad it might be. That's what I would do with mm-hmm. the million And then I would continue living my life as it is. <laughs> um, so yeah, Kelly works part-time somewhere else. In the next in the next year, we would like her back full-time. Um, I We would like a, a full-time member of staff that isn't one of us. Um, mm-hmm. To, I would like to take a bit more of like a creative director role. Um, you know, there's a lot, we both have different strengths in the shop. And, um, you know, I think I, I think we could do a lot more with um, display and online stuff and the general how the shop works if I didn't have to be in the shop behind the till all the time. So I would like to have somebody or a couple of people there so that we don't have to be in the shop all the time. So we have time to do proper window displays and we have time to do um, the website stuff and you know other things in life that I want to do. Um, you know, I'd like to get a business degree at one point, but in order to go to uni, you have to know, we don't have to not be working full time, but it would make my life a lot easier if I wasn't. So yeah, five years ago is we'd be members of staff that are lovely and we trust to, to run the day-to-day stuff um, and to probably have a, the successful online presence that everyone keeps reminding me that I should be having. Hmm. How important, um, how does climate change affect your business? Um, I mean, it affects everyone and it affects everyone's business. We, mm-hmm. um, as business owners, as retail owners, we have a responsibility to the planet to try and um, have, like, you know, be as environmentally friendly as we can do because, you know, businesses across the board are the ones that are making the biggest impact, you know, so we, 
especially in the last couple of years, you know, like we have switched predominantly plastic free card companies. Um, we only sell vegan leather products. All of, you know, our candles are soy wax and, you know, paraffin free, you know, so it's, it's important to the business because it's important to us. It's something we care about. But businesses across the board should have a responsibility to what they're doing. Um, you know, plastic's the obvious one. You know, you see coffee shops everywhere now doing plastic free pack, um, coffee cups and stuff. We're the same. You know, we don't need cellophane, cellophane wrapped cards anymore. That You know, we still get quite a few people so that come in. So instead of them and wrapped in plastic they've got a kind of wee sticker on them there and we get um a lot of people being like oh they get dirty and you're like they're not getting dirty from the high street to your house like that's you've just been conditioned that way because you're used to yeah. have, having plastic on it so i think i think all the businesses everywhere you know we've got a responsibility to reduce reuse recycle the same as what everyone's doing but on a much bigger scale you know we recycle all of, all of our cardboard we use plastic free companies um a lot of our companies um, like make scarves and things out of plastic bottles, which just blows my mind because I don't know how that works, but it's very impressive. Um, mm. So yeah, I think every business we've we've all got a responsibility, especially now. Do you, is it important to stock independent and local um, retailers and businesses at your shop as well? It is yes. Um, it's do you know what it's it's quite a hard thing. There's, I think this is, especially over the last year, I think because a lot of people were at home and started crafting. Um, and, do you know, in an ideal world, we would sell only independent small um, craft things. But a lot of people, they don't, they don't understand the, um, like a lot of consumers don't understand the price points of independent makers and artists. Do you know, like to somebody... You know, I, I spoke about this to your mum, actually, who knits um, and crochets. But, like, was, people will see a knitted hat and they'll say, you know, like, oh, God, that's, you know, £10, £20, £30, £5, however much is too expensive for them. And then, but they don't realise that someone sat there for four hours mm. and or seven hours and, and made that. And it's the same with jewellery and cards. You know, people... I think people love the idea of locally crafted and independent artists, but they're not prepared to pay the price of their hourly wage. Um, and it's the same with people that come to us, because obviously, like, you know, there's a wholesale price and a retail price and whatever, and people will come to us and say, you know, I've got an Etsy page in which I sell this card for a pound on my Etsy page. Um, so they, they want to sell it to us for a pound. And you're like, well, that's not really how it works, because... We have to pay, you know, we've got rent and we've got rates and we've got VAT that we have to pay, pay as well as ourselves. And, and, you know, before we even pay ourselves, we have to pay the electricity, the water, like all of that stuff, the overheads that we have, that retailers that sell on Etsy pages and stuff don't have. And so, you know, they'll sell it on their Etsy for a pound or two pound and then want the same for, for us. So then we have to put a markup on it to cover our costs and then they'll get, you know, either annoyed that we're selling it for more or we won't sell it because they can buy it from their Etsy page for cheaper. So um, it's important to me to support independent artists and it's important um, that we, I think everyone should be supporting independent artists, but I think that um, people aren't prepared to pay the price of them just yet. Um, so we have to have a mix. We have to have, you know, like 
and I'm not saying like we don't sell like loads of you know manufactured stuff from China either you know like um but there has to be a mix because people aren't prepared to pay the price because they don't put, see the value in it quite yet we're slowly getting there people are slowly going oh god this is handmade and it's whatever but until people see the value of stuff and not the price but it's important to us so we definitely do we stock a, a big mix from local stuff to independent stuff to crafting stuff to to you know more designer stuff as well so like eclectic mix and is it important to be amongst other local businesses? So Queensbury High Street's predominantly all small local independent businesses. Yeah. Do you find you've already yeah, mentioned that um, you tend to recommend each other to customers? Is there any other part yeah. of being amongst local businesses that's positive? Yeah, I mean absolutely, and I think that I think you know, like high streets like ours don't exist anymore. Like you, mm. you don't get high streets that don't have like a Greg's or a Costa or a, you know, and I'm not saying that like, I know a lot of people want those things. Like I, I do understand that, but to be surrounded, I don't think people that not, not all people that live in South Queensferry, but I think we're so lucky to, to be on a street that is predominantly, I think the only non-independent places there's like a bookies but all the rest are independent pubs and restaurants. And like, that's, that's amazing. Like that is, you know, it's all, it's all, you know, you're putting your, you're pouring your money into these independent businesses that, you know, they're helping the, it's going back into Queens Ferry firstly, cause you know, through employment of the people that live here, but you know, you're also, you're putting your money into families and to community. And it's not just going up to some big billionaire CEO and you know, it's not going there, it's staying local. And, and even for us to, to be able to, for people to, to, for us to be able to say to people, you know, all down here, it's a, you know that's an independent cafe who stock independent coffee it's ethically sourced coffee that's a you know there's a shop that's all made of all handmade stuff in Scotland and things like that like um it's a really good community to be part of and it's a really positive community to be part of and you know the more successful we are individually as businesses the more successful the community wherever you are the community you are it makes it more successful. You know, the busier Maisie's is, the busier the high street is, the more people that pop into the other places. So um, mm -hmm. it's important to me and it's something I'm very proud of to be part of. Yeah. Um, so I want to move on to quick fire questions. These are some nice, fun, interesting questions. Mm -hmm. um, uh, before we start as well, I should mention, so the first few questions were from Tim Ferriss's podcast and the second section of questions is from Inside the Actors Studio um, I imagine James Lipton came up with those. Um, so first up, what's one book that you would gift to the most people or that you have gifted to the most people? Um, what is, there's a book called The Buddha and Me, The Buddha and You that I talk mm. about a lot. That is, um, so that I have gifted that to a lot of people. It's really interesting. It's not overtly um, spiritual or um, religious. And it's a really interesting read about a man that changed his life through... Um, finding Buddhism that was first gifted to me by a friend that was just out of prison who um, and I read I, I got given it and I'm a bit like all right this is but I read it and it's really <laughs> interesting and it mm. changes the way you think in like day-to-day -day life so that I have given that to a lot of people and I would recommend that to a lot of people it's probably that okay uh, what purchase of a hundred pounds or less has impacted your life the most 
Um, oh, that's a good question. My head went to Doc Martens, but there's no way they're under 100 quid, are they? I actually thought that. I had that yeah. in my mind. As soon as I asked the question, I was like, she's going to say Doc Martens. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you can get oh, them on sale, a pair of Doc Martens, because you will never need another shoe. Do you know mm-hmm. what it probably would be is um, a silk pillowcase that I didn't buy, but I got gifted um, for a Christmas present. And if you've got curly, frizzy hair like me, it'll change your life overnight, literally overnight. So a silk pillowcase. Interesting. Um, or, or Doc Martens, if you can get them on sale. Hmm. Well, that's one of the things I love about this question is that you, you never get the same answer. Yeah, I don't know if it would pounds than a pair of shoes. And stuff. No, that's good. Yeah. Um, if you could have a gigantic billboard showing to billions of people, what would you have it say? Oh. Um, I suddenly wish I had read these questions. What would it say? <laughs> um, I think it should say something really positive. And do you know what it should say is don't let a bad day make you think you've got a bad life because I think everyone should read that out loud to themselves on bad days so that's yeah. what I should say maybe I, if I'd read these questions I would have come up again something more like like well the point of the questions is to yeah. is to say them um just as you as they come to you yeah, that, um, what's one absurd or weird thing that you love um what's that what's weird that I love Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's because ne- I like naming house plants after my favorite famous feminists. I don't mm. know if it's because they're next to me. What I don't know if I like weird. I love weird things, but I can't think of any of them. Well, that's a pretty weird thing. What's what's the names of the plants? <laughs> well, we've got um, we've got loads. I've got a bonsai tree called Ruth after Ruth um, Bader Ginsburg. They're all named, there's a Gloria from Steinem, there's a Jane from Jane Fonda, there's a Dolly Parton. Um, yeah, there's Stevie Nicks, there's, yeah, there's lots. So maybe that's it. I name my house yeah. plants after my favourite feminists. And who, who's next when you get another plant? Have you um, got an idea? Yeah, so Emily Harris needs a plant, but they need to have the right leaves because she had pretty mad hair. So, mm. yeah, that's the next plant, I think. What did Emily Harris do? I don't think I know her. She, um, she, I mean, she's class, she's a singer, um, okay. but she also, like, she, you know, kicked ass in the 70s, told her name. She, she was really big in the 70s and she did mm. um, the same ilk as, like, you know, Janis Joplin and stuff, but she, mm. yeah, she, um, she sang and she um, told a lot of the, the men in the country world where to stick it. Where to stick it. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, in the last five years, what belief, behaviour or habit has most impacted your life? Turning my phone off at night or putting it on okay. disturb. Um, I spent ages trying to get an early night and then your phone would ring or ding or whatever. Mm. And next thing you know, it's four in the morning and you're still sitting on it. So whenever, whether it's, it's like my routine, if you like to go up and when I go to brush my teeth before I do my like face masks and stuff um I when I brush my teeth I turn my phone on do not disturb and it has completely changed my sleeping pattern um it means when I wake up I don't instantly look at it so yeah turn your phone off at night yeah that's a good idea um what advice would you give to a young 18 year old um what advice would you give to a young 18 year old and what advice should they ignore oh 
The advice they should ignore is that there's no friends in business. People told this to us all the time and I don't understand it because we wouldn't have a shop if it wasn't for our friends. Um, we, and that's not just like our friends that physically helped us, but it's people that helped us set up bank accounts and, you know, change phone lines and um, who, who share our stuff and recommend us. And that's other shopkeepers. That's people that are our competition or whatever. Um, and loads of people, I, I, I don't know if it's just a particular sector in business, but we got told, oh, you know, there's no friends in business. In my opinion, there's only friends in business. So mm. um, we got told that all the time and I never understood it at the time and I still don't understand it now. So don't listen to that. Um, advice I'd give 18 year olds. I've got so much. I speak about this all the time get a job if you don't know what you want to do go and get a job if nothing else mm. it'll show you what you don't want to do um mm -hmm. you'll learn the value of waking up on time and turning up on time and um meeting you know people that like meeting people that work for different reasons I think that's really important to understand that people work because they need money people work because they like the job people um so yeah if you don't know what to do don't yeah, get a job, get a full-time job. If you do know what, you know, there's a lot, I talk a lot about um, people uni and going to uni or not going to uni or going to uni straight from school. And um, there's so much pressure that I remember so well, and it's maybe changed now because it's been, you know, 10 years, but to go and be something brilliant at 18, you know, you you should know that you want to be a lawyer or a doctor or mm. a musician or whatever that is. And you don't, you don't need to know that that young. You, I don't need to know it now. Um, so yeah, get a job if you don't know what to do. Um, but do something you at least enjoy or have a bit of interest in. Um, and yeah, I think that would be my advice. Mm. But don't listen to your gut. If your gut's telling you to go to uni, you go to uni. If it's telling you you don't want to be there, don't. You're going to waste a yeah. lot of time keeping other people happy. Yeah. I think that's one, one piece of advice that's similar to that is like keeping doors open. Because mm -hmm. um, when you're 18, people say, this is what you need to do or you need to know what you need to do. And then people just narrow their focus on that one thing yeah. and then shut off any other options. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, my, it's the uh, same with us. Like at 18... You know, I worked, I worked the weekend at Maisie's. If you told 18-year-old Julia that she owned it in 11 years, I would be like, I don't even want to work. And, you know, <laughs> that's, you, you, like, you have to, nobody knows what they want to do. And I think that you have to leave a, a lot up to what you fall into and what fate sends your way and what you actually are good at that you don't realise you're good at 18. You know, I think, I'm a very much a people person and I didn't realise that till a lot later on in life that, you know, I worked in bars and I'd worked briefly in clubs and retail and none of them had an, a link until, you know, my mum one day was like, yeah, but it's all people, you know, you deal with people all day. And I was like, oh my God, that's what I'm good at. I'm good at people. And that, you know, there's value in that you don't realise at 18. So yeah, keep doors sure. open is a good one as well. But yeah, listen to your gut. Yeah. Get a job. Um... <laughs> When you when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, what do you do? <laughs> I surround myself in noise. And I don't I saw this, yeah, social yeah. media posts. Yeah. yeah. Um I think it's um a lot of don't get me wrong, we have sad days that I can't get out of bed as well, but I think when I'm really overwhelmed, 
I I get overwhelmed in in quiet situations. You know, I'm as I'm extroverted. I think it's something to do with that. And a lot of people tell you, you know, if you're overwhelmed, you know, take a take a minute or go for a bath or go for a run or put a face mask on and read a book. And it makes me feel worse. So I surround myself with noise. Go to gigs. Go to busy places. Um, you know, go to parks that are really busy or mm. go to pubs that are really busy. Go to gigs that are really noisy. That gets me out of my head a little bit. Mm. Unfocused um, is kind of hard though because it's hard to be focus yourself surrounded by distraction but it definitely noise helps me calm down which focuses me a bit better okay um what is your favorite word my favorite word's autumnal okay uh, there's not a reason for it i just think it's a really lovely word autumnal it's a nice word to say it is a nice word to say. (laughs) what's your least favorite word quirky oh why People describe it, describe me and the shop as it, and it always sounds like an insult, even when it's not <laughs> one. And I don't know why, but I think I've always hated well, I suppose it. It almost sounds condescending, I think, when some yeah. people say it. I can imagine people saying it, and it's sounding yeah. condescending. Yeah, and I know it's not meant that way most yeah, of the time. Of sometimes it is. You know, sometimes they're like, oh, you're quirky. Um, <laughs> people, yeah, people describe me as it, and people describe the shop as it, and it never, ever sounds like a compliment. Quirky. Hmm. So you mentioned noise there. So what sound or noise do you love? Waves crash on the ocean, or the sound of a crowd right as the band's coming on. You know, like oh, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. my two favorite yes. noises. And what's the sound or noise that you hate? People chewing. Particularly okay. my business partner Callie and my little brother, <laughs> the noisiest eaters I've ever been near. Those two. But that noise overall, like even, you know, when people, you know, these ASMR videos that beyond me, mm. people can listen to that. I know different strokes for different folks, but that that does not calm me down. That stresses me out. So, yeah, well, I suppose there's certain ones like there's ones of like people like squeezing like squid or something yeah, like squidgy. Not... That's horrible. But there's ones I've looked at. They're just called ASMR rooms and you can choose different types of rooms. And I like I had like a Paris cafe on once and it's just on the tv it has paris on it and it's just playing like nice jazz and a little bit of like like people talking but it's not too distracting oh it's quite nice there's some harry potter ones as well there's some you know what's her name on do you watch tiktok (laughs) you've seen this emily girl she famously made this salmon and rice thing but her um her thing is so she doesn't speak but it's just all the noises so it's like the noise of the tin foil the noise of the tree in the mm. oven and stuff that, that's quite nice I quite mm. like that but these this tapping and chewing and that um, and squidgy stuff yeah I'm not yeah, into that not stuff. for you no not for me what's your favorite curse word my favorite I'm allowed to swear on this mm-hmm. my favorite curse word is fuck because you can use it for any emotion. You can be angry, sad, happy, excited, and it fits. I don't know if I've had fuck. That's a good one. Okay. I've had Sorry, shite. <laughs> I've had muppet, which I don't think is a swear word. Oh, that's like the nicest swear word ever. Oh, my goodness. I know. I know. Um, I've not had to see one yet. I'm excited for that one. Um, I don't that. My mum's going to listen to that. I don't use that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what profession other than your own would you most like to attempt? Oh, if I was being completely unrealistic, I would like love to be, you know, the singer of a rock and roll band. 
Um, I think I would be good at, I think I'd be good at management, like band management, artist management. Um, I think in another world, that's maybe something I would, um, so yeah, so like backstage music, you know, the yeah, running of band, managing bands or managing artists. Um, and yeah, I think that I'd like to give that a bash. That's a good one. Um, and if heaven exists, oh wait, no, 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 no. What profession would you least like to do? That's one I forgot. Oh. Um, anything that involves like sitting at a desk numbers isn't mm. my, anything that I think an office-based thing, I'd mm. like to be part of a creative industry. Um, so that anything that doesn't involve people, um, so it's like sitting in an office-based thing, mm. anything, you know, I also, that being said, I would be a rubbish doctor, I would be a rubbish nurse, and they're people-orientated, mm. but, but yeah, probably anything sitting in a desk that isn't a creative outlet of some sort. Okay. And if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, I don't know. What would, you, what would you like God to say? I think, I mean, if, maybe everyone's the same. I would like him to be, be like, your intentions were always good. You know, and I think I'd like, that's what I would like God, the woman, to say. <laughs> I did. I actually thought as soon as I asked the question, I was like, um, "God would say I'm a woman, or something like that." <laughs> or if it was me, like the thing I would hate is if it, if it, if God did exist, would just be that God exists. So, uh, he wouldn't have to say anything. I would just be like, "Oh damn it!" Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. When this whole time, <laughs> I knew you weren't. I was yeah, no. so sure. I mean, we'd have a lot to say. I reckon if you know, if God exists and we get to the pearly gates, I think I would be like, "You have got some explaining to do." <laughs> I, that's what I would be saying to God. Yeah, um, some cheek. If God said your intentions were good, it's like, yeah. "No, what were your intentions? Yeah. What were your that's intentions? Good, yeah. God? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would think. I think anyway. I think everyone's. Just, well, maybe that's not the same, but I'd like to think that, you know, when God is there in our class dress and our Beyonce halo at the pearly mm. gates, I'd like to think that I was known for having good intentions. Okay. Um, and lastly, where can people stay up to date with Maisie's? Where can they find the shop? And yeah, where's social media and stuff like that? Um, so Maisie's is on the High Street in South Queensferry. Um, it's technically um, West Terrace, but it's on the High Street. Um, it's up, you'll see it. We've got a lovely flower arch outside. Um, we're on Instagram at Maisie's South Queensferry. We're on Facebook for Maisie's Boutique SQ. We have got a website. Um, it's all linked there. So yeah, we're pretty easy to find. But I would suggest a day trip out to South Queensferry if you can, because it's a nice day. There's some beautiful cafes and restaurants and there's lovely independent shops. And it's worth a visit. So South Queensferry, get the bus out. The old 40 well, from Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Well, everything that you've mentioned, I'll make sure that's all linked in the show notes. But um, thank you for taking the time. I'm sure we've probably reached about an hour, which is good. Um, but yeah, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Cheers. And that's the end of the first part of this subject. If you'd like to know who I'll be having on for part two and for all other future episodes, you can follow my Instagram, which is gtmedia.uk, or my Facebook, which is Gregor Thompson Journalist. You can also watch the podcast and stay up to date by subscribing to my YouTube channel, which is gtmediauk, all one word. 
You can also visit my website, which is gtmedia.uk, where you can see all the episodes and any articles I'll be posting. But for now, thank you very much for listening and stay tuned for episode 18 and the second part of the local business and entrepreneurship episodes of the In Context podcast. Take care.